0: Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns and Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyoncé. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat. is off the chain, man. Aye, ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I hope that everybody had a great weekend. It is Monday and we have got a jam-packed show for you. A lot of stuff that has been going on that I'm going to get down to all of it. We have a lot to cover on the show, including Tom Brady defeating the Falcons again, making a huge comeback. You have the college football playoff revealed. Who got snubbed? Who doesn't deserve to be there? And the NBA season starts tomorrow. All right. Well, just when you thought the Atlanta Falcons couldn't do it again, they did. They blew yet another game this year. A game where they had at least a 95% chance to win. This is the fourth game that they have done this year. They dropped to 4-10. and 10. And it's looking like the Falcons are probably going to get the either the fourth or the fifth pick in the NFL draft. This has been a lost season, but I actually wanted to watch this game to see if the Falcons can do something against a division opponent. They were taking on Tom Brady once again. This time he was in a different uniform. The Falcons had a 17-0 lead. Matt Ryan looked great. Last week he threw three picks. And the question was, is Matt Ryan the quarterback going forward for the Falcons? Matt Ryan answered those critics. He actually had a very good game. Even when Tampa Bay came out in the second half and scored that touchdown, Matt Ryan answered the bell and scored a touchdown in the back of the end zone to Hayden Hurst, and the Falcons were up 24-7. to As the third quarter was winding down, Tampa Bay got another couple touchdowns, and uh, I called it. I said, watch, the Falcons are going to blow this lead. When they were up 17 to nothing, I actually posted on Facebook that the Falcons were going to blow this lead, and I nailed it. I know this Falcons team. They cannot close games. 28 to 3. 28 to 3 is in their head. You even heard the broadcasters at halftime joking about 28 to 3. It is comical when you have a franchise that will never live that down. They will never live blowing the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl down. And with all that being said, they were going up against Tom Brady. While I was watching this game, I was like, please hold on to this game because you got to beat Tom Brady. You cannot let Tom Brady come back in this game and beat you. That would just be just the dagger. That would just be twisting the knife. Tom Brady has never lost to the Atlanta Falcons in his NFL career. And what can I say? Tom Brady was poised. He threw that long NFL pass to Antonio Brown, of all people. Antonio Brown finally gets a touchdown this season. And Tampa Bay is looking pretty good, 9-5. Look, they look like they're going to get the wild card. And they take on the Lions next week. And then they wrap the season up with the Atlanta Falcons. So... I, I actually think that it was just one of those games where you expected it. If you're a Falcons fan, you know the Falcons' M.O. You try to win the game on the shoulders of Matt Ryan. The Tampa Bay defense knows what they're doing. The Falcons don't run the ball. Tampa Bay is not afraid of the run. They're going to pin back. They're going to have their corners in man, and Matt Ryan is not going to be able to withstand going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. Of course, the Falcons had a couple of three-and-outs, allowing Tampa Bay to get back into the game. And Matt Ryan got sacked on the final play. They did kick a field goal to go up 27-24. to The one bright spot was when Tampa Bay was making their comeback. The Falcons did hold them to a field goal. It was tied 24-24. And then the Falcons did kick the field goal to take the lead. That... Touchdown! the 46-yard touchdown to Antonio Brown in the back of the end zone was just the dagger that caused the Falcons to have two more possessions. They had two more possessions, and Matt Ryan gets sacked by Devin White. Wasn't Devin White like the player of the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? He just came out of nowhere, and he got sacked by Devin White on the last two possessions for the Falcons. It kind of reminded me of when the Falcons were playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl and Trey Flowers was a huge factor in that game. Of course, Donta Hightower, and also you got to think of Kyle Kyle Van Noy, And then you also have the Chris Long hold, Jake Matthews holding Chris Long to take them out of field goal range. The Falcons shot themselves in the foot in this game. They have the ghosts of 28-3 to in the Super Bowl. The headliners, they're just loving today. They think that this is just an easy day to write their story. But Edo Smith, 6 carries, 24 yards. That's not going to get done. I'm impressed with Calvin Ridley. He had 10 receptions, 163 yards, and a touchdown. And Matt Ryan had three touchdowns and no picks. But you're throwing the ball 49 times. The Atlanta Falcons, going into next season, they need to change their identity to a power run game. They need to get more physical on the offensive line. Some of the coaches that I think that could lead the charge, I think they need to go after Robert Sala the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, take a couple of assistants from Kyle Shanahan, have the offensive coordinator be Mike LaFleur. So Robert Sala would be the head coach. That 49ers culture, and say what you want to say about the 49ers, they're banged up this year. They have nobody left. So I'm going to get into their loss against the Cowboys. But say what you want about the 49ers, but their identity is a physical running team, and they need to go back to that because you cannot – put this game all on Matt Ryan. All right, I'm going to talk about the 49ers. I am a 49ers fan, and they did lose to the Dallas Cowboys 41-33. The story was that Nick Mullins threw two picks, and why not bench him earlier and go to C.J. Beathard? It was clear that the defense for the 49ers was stopping Andy Dalton, and the 49ers had opportunities When they were down 27 to 24, the Niners had opportunities to get back into that game. Nick Bowens throws two interceptions. After the onside kick, you know, CJ Beathard did throw a Hail Mary in the end zone to make it closer. But you have the last four possessions when it counted the most punt, interception, punt, interception. This is clutch time. This is where you got to have your best players on the field make a play and the 49ers failed to do so they are officially eliminated from the playoffs especially when the Cardinals beat the Eagles but we got to look to next season the San Francisco 49ers are going to have Nick Bosa back Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to be healthy I'd give him another shot I would give him one more chance I would go get an offensive lineman to help Jimmy Garoppolo they do have a very complete team you don't know if Richard Sherman's going to be back but I think offensive lineman and cornerback should be the two picks that they go after I was impressed in this game because Eric Armstead had two sacks. But if Nick Bosa comes back next year, the defensive line is going to be so much better. Eric Armstead may go back to getting double-digit sacks. Other games in the NFL that I want to recap, the New England Patriots finally eliminated from the playoffs for the first time since 2008. They will also have a losing record for the first time since the year 2000 as the Miami Dolphins defeat the Patriots 22 to 12 and the Dolphins they're battling for that wild card spot with the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs right now because they miss they just manhandled the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Ravens are on the outside looking in and they look like a team that can win all their games and possibly sneak into the playoffs the biggest upset of the day was the New York Jets defeating the Los Angeles Rams 23 to 20 that is not a very good win for the Jets because now the Jacksonville Jaguars have projected the number one draft pick and in a day and age of the NFL draft where you have a once-in-a-generation talent like Trevor Lawrence that could be the difference in your franchise he is the type of player that could turn around a franchise completely and the New York Jets needed a player like that now the Jacksonville Jaguars are possibly set to get him because I don't think the Jaguars are going to win a single game they take on the Bears next week then they take on the Colts it is going to be tough I think the Jaguars will go 1-15 and they will secure the number number one pick in the NFL Draft. The Sunday night game, the Cleveland Browns defeated the New York Giants. That was a very good game. Baker Mayfield did not make any mistakes. They were going up against Colt McCoy, and the Giants are still in second place in the NFC East because the Washington football team, even though they lost to Seattle, Washington is still in first place, and they have an easy schedule. I think the Washington football team can go 8-8 eight and eight and make the playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks are now in first place in the NFC West after the Rams losing and the Seahawks winning on the road, and they have a huge game next week. It is the game of the week. The Rams are going to go up to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seattle Seahawks, and the Rams are got to bounce back. They feel embarrassed after losing to the Jets. That was a game they should have won, and you look at the Rams team. They are very topsy-turvy. They have played some great games, and then they've lost to the 49ers twice, and they've lost to the Jets. Of course, you have a battle in the AFC South between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts, both teams winning and right now the titans hold the tiebreaker you have the chicago bears that are staying alive for the playoffs as they defeat the vikings on the road with the cardinals winning they're now eight and six the bears are seven and seven they still have an outside shot at making the playoffs the cardinals next two opponents are the san francisco 49ers and the los angeles rams it should get interesting as we get ready for the playoffs in a couple of weeks of course the kansas city chiefs defeated the new orleans saints 32 to 29 the saints welcoming back Drew Brees. I'm not sure if Drew Brees can make the throws like he used to. I think the Saints are a little bit better with Tayson Hill because they're able to run different plays and different scenarios. Tayson Hill can throw the football and he's also very mobile. The Saints have lost two straight. Right now they are not going to get home field advantage and they are in danger of even losing out in the NFC South because if the Buccaneers win out and the Saints lose their next two, which more than likely they won't because they play Minnesota and Carolina, The Saints are reeling, and they're possibly limping into the playoffs. It's not good if you're a Saints fan. If you look at the last three seasons in heartbreak. The Minneapolis Miracle, the controversial pass interference call that allowed the Rams to win and to go to the Super Bowl, and then the push-off from Kyle Rudolph as they lost to the Vikings again in overtime. Three heartbreak seasons, and the Saints were poised to go to the Super Bowl this year. But I think that Green Bay, because they have the number one seed, will probably get to the Super Bowl. All right, I want to talk about the college football playoffs because there is some... I want to talk about the college football playoffs because there is some controversy. Because after this past weekend with Notre Dame losing to Clemson 34-10, to I mean, they weren't even competitive. Notre Dame came into that game undefeated, and they only fell to number four in the rankings. I actually think that Texas A&M was a better team as they only had one loss all season they play in a tougher they play in a tougher conference and Texas A&M has had some very impressive wins winning against Auburn winning against Florida winning against LSU Texas A&M deserved a shot to make the college football playoff instead they will not and the college football playoff is as follows The Rose Bowl is going to be Alabama taking on Notre Dame. And I know that Notre Dame got into this game because they do have a national following. They will have the the TV ratings because you have the most popular team in the north going up against the most popular team in the south. And this is also a rematch of the 2013 national championship game where Alabama was just the better team, and they dominated Notre Dame that game. I think that that's going to be the same matchup, but I just think it's just because Notre Dame was ranked second and they were undefeated that the fact that the voters only allowed them to fall to number four is got to be a joke. There are other teams that could possibly have a better game against Alabama. Of course, Texas a and I would have loved to have seen a rematch. Texas A&M has gotten a lot better, and they could give Alabama a great game. I still think Georgia, even with two losses, nobody wants to play Georgia right now with JT Daniels. They are a different team. They could give Alabama a great game, even though they have two losses. But Georgia will take on Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. And Cincinnati, who was undefeated, they didn't get into the college football playoff either. A lot of controversy, but I think that the the voters did what they had to do by getting in the four best teams, but I'm not sure if Notre Dame is considered the fourth best team. All right, you have Ohio State taking on Clemson. Ohio State, with only six wins this year, gets into the college football playoff. That was another controversy. The fact that they only played six games, and it wasn't like they were just dominating everybody. They struggled against Northwestern. They've down a 22 to 10 win thanks to a running back Trey Sermon who rushed for over 300 yards remember he used to play for Oklahoma and then now we have a rematch of the college football semifinal from last season the controversial one where the refs gave the game to Clemson now Clemson is taking on Ohio State and Justin Fields has another shot at getting to the national championship Of course, he is scheduled. He is projected to be the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. I'm just excited because it is bowl season. Some of the other games, we have Florida and Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. That is going to be a fun game. I can't wait to see that. We have, like I said, Georgia and Cincinnati. We have Auburn and Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl. We have NC State and Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. It looks like they're just allowing anybody to go to bowl games. They've taken away that six-win bowl eligibility for just this season because of COVID. South Carolina at 2-8 is going to a bowl. So it is really weird. Of course, Texas AM is going to take on North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. You got Oregon, the Pac-12 champions, because at four and two, they are able to beat USC and overtake Washington. Washington was not eligible because of COVID. They will take on Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl. One bowl I'm really looking forward to seeing is San Jose State taking on Ball State in the Arizona Bowl. San Jose State ranked 22nd. They win the Mountain West title at 7-0. What a story for the San Jose State Spartans who have not been known as a college football power. Growing up as a kid in California, San Jose State has always been mediocre. They played second fiddle to Stanford and Cal, especially in the Bay Area. Stanford and Cal were the two big college football programs, even though college football is not very big in California. But San Jose State, good job them getting in. Locally here in Georgia, Georgia State makes it to the Lending Tree Bowl. They will take on Western Kentucky, and that will be next Saturday. And, of course, Georgia Southern will take on Louisiana Tech in the New Orleans Bowl. So, you got some teams locally here in Georgia that are making bowl games. Good job by them. I'm just excited about the holiday season and the bowls. Even though some of the bowl games have been canceled due to COVID, we do have some exciting bowl games and it is going to be fun. I cannot wait. I also cannot wait for the NBA season because it starts tomorrow. You have a doubleheader on TNT. You have the Golden State Warriors taking on the Brooklyn Nets. We see the regular season debut of Kevin Durant as he will take on his former team the Golden State Warriors will not have Clay Thompson but they will have rookie sensation James Wiseman and we'll see what type of team the Golden State Warriors are this season I still think they are they I still think they are a borderline playoff team possibly a seventh seed or an eighth seed and of course the night cap will be the Los Angeles Clippers going up against the Los Angeles Lakers you have strength on strength you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a cast of good players that the Lakers picked up in the offseason to include Dennis Schroeder, to include Marc Gasol, and Montrez Harrell. They also have Kyle Kuzma. They have Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They have a lot of role players to include Alex Caruso. One player they are not playing with this year because he left for free agency is Rajon Rondo. He now plays for the Atlanta Hawks. What will the starting lineup look like? Will DeAndre Hunter get the starting nod at the small forward or will it be Cam Reddish? I actually think this will be my projected starting lineup for the 2021 Atlanta Hawks. Your point guard, obviously, Trey Young. The shooting guard is gonna be Bogan Boganovich. I know that Kevin Herter off the bench is gonna be a good shooting guard. Cam Reddish can also play shooting guard. Your small forward will be DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter is fixing to have a great sophomore season. I know that Danilo Gallinari would be a good starter, but he can actually. Go to power forward or small forward. He could play either position. He would be a good contributor off the bench. And of course, the small forward, of course, the power forward is going to be John Collins. He could possibly be an all star this year. The center will be Clint Capella. We've yet to see the rookie Okenya Okongru as he has not played in the preseason yet. And we don't know when he is going to be able to get the start. Of course, they have Chris Dunn coming off the bench as well. The Atlanta Hawks just look great and I cannot wait for the season. It is exciting times here in Georgia as we do have a lot that is going on. And I think that I hope that everybody has a happy holidays as we have the Christmas season coming up. I will have a show on Wednesday. It will be my preview, it will be the review of 2020 in the year in sports. And we had a lot of sports stories that were captivating. I will not have a show on Christmas Day. But then I'll have a show next week and I will recap some of the bowl games and the NFL for week 16 as we get ready to talk about NFL playoffs. And we have college football with the semifinal games and the national championship will be on January 11th. That's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners who have downloaded my podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. I am on many platforms for this podcast to include Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Radiocast, and Google Googlecast, to name a few. I hope everybody has a great day, and I will talk to you Wednesday. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe.